Heavenly Father, we just come to you now, Lord, and just uh, thank you for being uh, a God that you are who you say you are, Lord, that you're faithful, that you uh, are a God that we can trust, that you're a God that will never let us down, that you're a God that would leave the 99 just so that one could be found, Lord, and we just thank God that we were that one. Lord, we just pray for Chad as he gives the message, that you open our hearts, that you open our ears, that what you say can challenge us, that it can help us to grow closer to you, that it can help us to shine the light um, like a city on a hill, Lord. Once again, we thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. You may be seated. How are you doing today? Good. Outstanding. Um. Thanks, Jason. Everybody have a good week? We used to do this uh, when we first launched, and we're going to try it again. Where's that mic at? Thanks, sir. Last week, we were, if you don't know, if you're new with us today, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, so excited that you, you chose today to join us. We're in the middle of a series called I Am. And we are looking at Moses' encounter with God and, and how when, when Moses was, was challenged to fulfill his purpose or his calling in life, he, he, he ran across some insufficiencies and some things where he looked at himself and said, I don't know that I can accomplish all that. And God, God showed up. I'm giving you the Chad version of this, so just be, bear with me. So he said, so God said, don't worry about it. Just tell him I am is with you and has sent you. And so I am this God that we talked about. We first talked about Yahweh is the God that, that is everything uh, that we could possibly imagine everything that we possibly need and everything that who God is is that is, is encompassing is encompassed in this this phrase I am and that's our God and so we're looking at that and we've been looking at a few different names of God as we walk through uh, this, this this series and the next one we, we talked about was Elohim the creator and mighty one and how we learn how God in, in, in his ultimate wisdom actually used his words to speak things into existence. And how because of his power, he, that's what he used in order for things to come. And yet, in the midst of all of his power and his word, he chose to take a break. And not take a break, but just say, sit there and say, hold on a minute. I'm going to do something amazing here. I'm actually going to do something for man. And I'm going to form him myself. And so he did that, and at the end of it, he said, what I've made is not just good, but what I made was, y'all, y'all need to talk a little louder, very good, very good. And so when we look at that and who our God is, we can say that, you know what, God created something very good, and so next time you look in the mirror and you start getting ready, you can say, man, you look very good today. But that's how God sees us. The next one we looked at is El Shaddai, God Almighty, and how there's unlimited power and he's, un- he's able to do anything. And last week we looked at uh, El Imunya, and I know I just butchered that, and so that's okay. But we, we looked at that name and, and the faithful God. And I was challenged last week by someone that said, Chad, how come uh, we sit there and, and we talk about a faithful God? He says, why don't you give us a chance to share about a faithful God? And so I'm going to allow you guys to do that. Anybody want to share about how God has shown up faithfully in their lives? You know I'm calling on you. Thank you, Cindy. So um, I was reading in Revelations 12, 11, 
where it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And last week, sitting here in church and Chad was speaking, I'm looking around at this congregation and I'm seeing so many prayers that have been answered over the last several weeks. And one of them was mine. Um, our adult son has been struggling with finding the right place in a job. He lost a job a, few, a couple months ago, a few months ago, that he had been out for a few years. And he's just been struggling to find his place and who he is. So he got a job offer last week. So I want to praise God for that. Amen. And I just want to praise God this song this morning, Gracefully Broken. There's been so many times, and I know everybody has gone through these where you're broken. But when you look back on that and you see the gracefulness of God and how gentle he is and how he just provides for us in every way, we have to overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of Christ. So if you have a testimony, you need to share it with your friends, your loved ones, and with your church family. Thank you, Sandy. Anybody else? Anybody else? Joyce? Joyce, you're, I'm putting you on a time limit. Okay. <laughs> I love you. I just want to share with everybody that God is amazing, and he has answered so many amazing prayers. There's prayers you know about. There's prayers you don't know about. <clears throat> God is just incredible, and he showed up in a big way for us. My husband and I, my sister's in a nursing home down in Danville, and she hasn't lived in her apartment for six months, and Phil and I had to go down and move her out last week. And it was um, quite expensive because she has no money, so all of that was going to fall on us. Um, anyway, there was a variety of different ways we were going to handle that, but we ended up going down, getting a truck, getting a storage unit, and we had two amazing neighbors that just showed up and helped. They even went over to the... Um, the storage unit, and help unload stuff. So God was amazing because we had prayed that the Lord would change her heart. She ended up writing us a check. Now the check's not been cashed yet. It's not good yet, but <laughs> she did write a check so to help out with some of the expenses. But God just showed up in a big way. And I'll tell you, you guys have come to us with prayers and told us that the prayers have been answered, and we have seen the prayers answered. And I'm just sharing with you right now, if you have anything that you want prayed about, please come to see us over there. Come to see us personally. Corner us. Ask us to pray for you. We don't care if it's in the parking lot, in the bathroom, or over here. If you want prayer, come to us because I'm just telling you, prayer changes things. Our God is good. We serve a prayer answering God. He is so good and he shows up every day. The Lord says pray without ceasing and sometimes it takes a while. And our daughter was unemployed last June. And the beginning of December, she was given the most amazing opportunity to run a company and make a difference and utilize her talents. And we prayed, God, give her a job that would help her to utilize her talents. Not just a job, but the perfect fit. And we just prayed in the name of Jesus, and God showed up just in time. Thanks, Joyce. And thanks for praying for us, Joyce. <laughs> Here you go, Mama. I'm afraid of what you're going to say. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Whatever. <laughs> right, there's a reason why you didn't hear it. <laughs> well, 
for those of you who don't know me, I'm Chad's mom, uh, Kathy. And uh, Chad mentioned last week about a nephew uh, that my sister and uh, brother-in-law are grandparents to. April the 3rd, which is this Wednesday, there is, um, he, they're going to be in court, and they're trying to uh, get custody of this grandson. His mother is in jail. His father died of an overdose. And um, my sister and brother-in-law have been through unbelievable things all their life. And they are, well, since they've been married, for sure. And um, they are unbelievable good Christians. I mean, they love the Lord and serve him. And my sister got to uh, lead my uh, nephew, a great nephew, to the Lord just last week. And so that is a huge blessing with all the other that's going on. My sister made the remark that, that she felt like they're in a spiritual warfare uh, because the other grandmother who's got custody of him right now, um, she doesn't want to hear about God. She doesn't want this, her grandson to come in and talk about Jesus or any of this. So please, we would cover your prayers for this coming Wednesday as uh, they're in court, little Nate, his, Nate is uh, his name, and uh, he'll be in court too. And what my sister and brother-in-law are, are asking people to um, pray for is that they will find favor with God, favor with the judge, and that God will give uh, my brother-in-law's representing himself in court, and uh, that God will give him the right questions to ask and to please be with Nate. And we just pray that uh, what happens, I mean, all my life we've had so many things and uh, that God has answered prayers for. And um, we do want the best for Nate. And uh, we just, just covet your prayers if you would pray for them at that time. Oh, thanks, Mom. All right. Ron, y'all need to come up here. Come on up. Hello. Yep. Got to keep it up. Okay. There you go. Um, anyways, it was about three years ago that uh, my dad, who was almost 90, fell headfirst down the stairs, and uh, he is—he's—he's going to be turning 93 on Wednesday. And uh, I just thank God for—he completely healed physically from that fall, and uh, they had to do something to his neck. I don't know what it was, but they did something to his neck. Um, he's not on any medication. He's a very healthy guy. He'll walk, if the weather's good, he'll walk around the block. And uh, so I just thank God. It's been a real blessing having him these last three years. Um, his memory, his short-term memory, yeah, it's kind of iffy, but overall he's really, he's, he's still there, and, and it's wonderful having, having him around. So I just thank God for, for the blessing of having a, an elderly father. Thank you, sir. Julie. Uh, two things. Um, first of all, um, my son that's here with us every other week at church um, had his stress test. He has heart issues from birth, and he is trying to get into the Army after he graduates in May. And so I just praise God and thank you for all of your prayers and um, that this is just one more hurdle that he's 
overcoming to um, see through his dream. And then the other thing I just have to tell you is when um, Mike and I found out that his dad had passed away um, and he's in Mississippi and it was just a huge hard mess. Um, we've been down there once, but uh, everything was stolen from his father. They robbed his house, they stole his truck, um, everything was in disarray. And so um, I, I just have hope, I cling to hope in most situations, because there's hope in the promise of the cross. Amen. And <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, Friday was my wonderful husband's birthday, and the detectives in Tupelo, Mississippi, called him and said, we found his truck. We found his truck. It's not much. It's, you know, it's not like it's this big, expensive truck, but it was his dad's, and it was his dad's pride and joy. And I thought, what better birthday present? Amen. Cling to that hope. Thank you, Julie. Sweet. Phil. No. I was shocked to see your hand go up. Here you go, brother. Well, I'm, I'm new here, and I, I just want to thank everybody for being very friendly and kind to me. But I, I just want to say about the Lord, um, the last few months I've been staying with my mom, and I sit there on her couch, and I look out at this nice, really nice pond there, and, uh, you know, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, of course, she's my mom, so she's great to me. But I was just sitting here the, there the last week, and this is going to tie in with what Chad said last week, uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I was sitting there, I'm thinking, the Lord is my shepherd. He's led me here. I don't know why. I look out on those still waters there, and he's restoring my soul. I, I don't understand how he's done it. And it just hit me this, you know, the last couple weeks, really. And he's led me in paths of righteousness, not me. It's all him. Because I don't even know what's going on half the time. <laughs> and that's the truth. And that, that is, you can ask, I'm Jacqueline's father. You can ask her. <laughs> She'll testify to that. But uh, last week, um, Chad, you know, quoted from Hebrews 13, 5, and 6. And I've hung on to those, these two verses for probably a year and a half now. Uh, he quoted it a little bit differently, but it's, you know, be covetous of no one, be content with what you have, and the Lord says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then the, the, the thing after that is, then I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I won't fear what man can do unto me, because nothing can happen bad. If it does, I'll be with him. And then another thing, real quick, I just want to, I was talking to my mom about my dad, and he was a lay preacher for years, and um, he always had, a, every time there was a testimony, he had a testimony. I mean, a testimony in the service. People could stand up, and so I'm just thinking of him today, and um, I'm just giving the Lord all the glory and honor. Sweet. Thank you, Phil. She doesn't want to share. Y'all are making her raise her hand. 
You got to be willing. Um, my 28-year-old nephew has been addicted to alcohol for a lot of years, probably for about eight years, um, and I've put it on my prayer card for a lot of a lot of many times for everybody to pray for him. And then about two year two weeks ago, um, he started talking about going into a rehab facility, which he's never done before. And um, so I put it on my prayer card for us to for us to pray for him for that. And two days after that, he actually went with my sister down just to be interviewed to see if he could get in the rehab facility. And they admitted him that night. And he is still in there as of yesterday. And um, he's supposed to be in there for 28 days. And, you know, I know from dealing with other people with addiction, it's just the first step. But it's a huge step for him that he went in there and I know it's a hard road ahead, but I just want to thank everybody for praying because it's a huge, huge thing for us and for our family. Awesome. We have a faithful God. Faithful God. And if you take time to just look at your own life and see how he's shown up, in every and each situation, whether whether it worked out the way you wanted it to or the way you imagined it to or the way that you, you know how we get into situations and we write our own narrative on how things should work out. And then sometimes they don't work out that way and then we get upset. And yet, and then we go back and say, maybe God didn't show up the way he said he was supposed to. And reality is it, it wasn't our narrative that was fulfilled, but he's still faithful because he still shows up. And he still makes things happen, and he still meets us, and he still guides us. And I love what you said, Phil, when you said, you know, if something does happen, the, the, the worst thing, worst case scenario is I go be with Jesus. See, when I'm a child of God, the worst case is I go be with Jesus. And the reality of it is the best. I go on to be with him. And so we have a faithful God, and we talked about that last week, how, how he is there to support us, to be faithful, to carry us. Uh, that he's lasting, that he's reliable, and that he will never leave us or forsake us. We come to this next word, our next name that we're going to look at today, and you can go to Genesis chapter 22, and we look at Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Genesis 22, and we're going to read 1 through 18, and, and what I want us to do as we read through this, I want you to think about the situations in your life where you have laid things out for God and you've asked him to show up or you've asked him to provide and, and, and things that, that in, this, in your world that you're sitting back saying, okay, God, um, I'm going to trust you. And the whole reason why we're doing this series, I Am, is to gain a better understanding of who God is and what Scripture says about who God is and what he says about who he is. Why? So that we can trust him more and more each day. And the more and more we hear stories of how God shows up and the more we hear stories about how he's faithful and about what his word says about him is actually true in our own lives, my prayer over our church is that we continue to trust him more and more each day. And so Genesis 22, 1 to 18 is this. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. 
So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told, told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of a son. Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate uh, of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So we have a God that wants to meet us somewhere. We have a God that wants to meet us with his provision uh, as we follow him. And what I love about this story, what I love about Abraham is this, is, I was thinking about this, this this week as I was studying. Do you realize, just like we have a promise that God has given us, and the promise could be, I'll work all things out for the good of those who love me. And there's also, there's many other promises that God has in his scripture. And maybe there's an individual promise that you've been given, that you've been told, that something will happen in your life, and that God has said specifically to you, this will happen. And it's amazing to me what happened in this particular story. And I believe this is where it all started for Abraham. Do you realize that Abraham had to hold the promise that God gave him loosely? See, the problem is this, is that so many times we start falling in love with God's promises and we don't fall in love with God. We'll hold his promise here, yet we don't, we don't hold God way up here. And we get in this, this, this problem, we get in this issue where we start holding on to his promises rather than holding on to him. And it was this very situation in which Abraham was given this promise, this promise of a son, of an heir. And even though he had Ishmael, that wasn't the promised son. The promised son was Isaac. And the very promise that God had given to Abraham, God said, I want you to go sacrifice him. 
I want you to go take and I want you to give up your promise. And I wonder how many of us, that thing we're promised, we're willing to say, you know what, God? I love you more than that. And if I never see the promise come, it doesn't matter because I have you. That's the place where, and I, I want you to understand, that's the place where Abraham's heart was at in all this. He wasn't sitting there, he wasn't sitting there holding on to the promise the whole time and holding on to that. He was holding on to his God and who his God was. And I wonder if that's the beginning of where God starts to change our heart is that we start looking to him rather than the promise and we start looking to him rather than all these other things that come our way and we say, you know what, I'm going to choose to love God above all else, not all this other stuff. And maybe that's right where God wants us so that he can truly reveal to us who he is, that he is a God that will provide. And I look in my own life and how much I, I hold on to things that God has promised me and how much I hold on to things that, 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 that mean a lot to me and, I, and, I, and w- whether I'm willing to give up on those things just for the sake of truly loving my God. And I was sharing with a buddy this week, we had breakfast. And I had, a, I had an encounter with God this week, and it was very interesting. It was in my quiet time, and I was reading. And he said something, it said something very interesting to me he, because of this. Some of you have been gracious enough to come up to me and said, Chad, it seems like you're stressed out lately. And for those of you that came up and told me this, thank you because you spoke truth into my life. And they said, and the, the thing that was interesting is they said this, it seems like the stress of this church is weighing on you. And I said, well, that, that may be true. There's other stresses going on. But they, they noticed it, and they were kind enough to come up and talk to me about it. And so I was with a buddy at lunch, and we were ta- our breakfast, and we were talking, and we were sitting there, and I said, I came to a point this week where I realized this, that the moment I started getting stressed out about Light Point Church or stressed about what's going on at church is the moment I started making Light Point Church about me. The moment I started making what God had given me and what God, the vision that God had given me, when I started making about me, and here's what it looked like. Well, what do I gotta do next in order for this to happen? What do I gotta do? What do I need to be doing in order for God to show up? What do I gotta be doing for more people to be reached? What do I gotta be doing this? And I started asking this question where it just started coming all and on, and I started waiting, and, and it started three o'clock wake-ups, two o'clock, all this stuff just started, and so the stress started building. And it became, well, Chad, what are you doing, not what is God gonna do? And see, so many times we hold on to that one thing, and that's where the stress and the anxiety and all the other stuff comes. And it isn't about me, and it's not about you and what you're pursuing. See, that's the problem in all of this is Abraham, he knew it wasn't about him. He knew it wasn't about the promise. He knew it was about a God that will provide. That's exactly why he said, when his son asked him, knowing that he was taking his son to sacrifice, to give up the promise, to say, here you go, God, he knew exactly what God was going to do. He said, the Lord will provide. And I wonder if we could come to that same realization. And so I had to confess to a buddy. The moment I make it about me is the moment we've got to change things. Is the moment we've got to get back on our knees and ask God for forgiveness. And say it's not about me, it's about you, God. It's not about us, but it's about him. 
So we get to this point, and so what do, we, what do we realize when we come to this point that Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, will reveal this about, what will it reveal about God's character? It's this. If you notice as Abraham was going, it's so interesting to me that it was, do you guys realize that they don't, when they were doing a sacrifice, they didn't bound their sacrifices? Normally, when something was put on the altar, not normally, all the time when something was put on the altar, it was slain before it was put on the altar. It was, it was killed before it was put, then it was placed on the altar. In this particular situation, do you know that Isaac was not slain before he was put on the altar? He was bound. And I, I, I'm sitting here thinking about this. Here's this, this boy who's followed his dad and who's walked with his dad and has carried part of some of the stuff and participated in this. And he's walking with his dad and he's trusting his dad. And then his dad says, you know what, hey, stay still real quick. I'm going to bound you up. And how many of us would be like, you're out of your mind. We're fighting, Papa. (laughs) Bound him up. Laid him on the altar. Got to the very point. Got to the very point where Abraham takes the knife and goes stretches his hand back and God says stop Abraham, Abraham and during that moment he says do not kill your son at just the right time any other time of forward motion going in done how many of us trust that God's timing is perfect how many of us believe that his timing is perfect See, God's timing is perfect, and that's the one thing about his character is that if we would come to realize that he shows up at just the right time, that his timing is perfect to fulfill the promise that he has, to come to meet us at just the right time, that his timing is perfect, and that when we start putting our timing on how we want things and how we want to see things done, that we get in the way of what God's doing. And yet we have to get to this point where we just continue to follow Jesus and allow his timing to be what it is, which is perfect. Ecclesiastes 3.1 reads this. There's an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. God sets a time for everything. The question is, do we trust it? Do we trust it? Romans 5.6 says this. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time, at the perfect timing, God sent his son to die for us. His timing is perfect, and yet so many times we get caught up in things and we start questioning, what does it look like for us to say, you know what, God, I trust your timing. It may not be what I want, and it may not be coming as fast as I want, and it may not be showing up as much as, I, as, as soon as I want, but I'm going to trust your timing and say, I know you're going to show up, and you know you're going to be there. We have a God who will provide, but we have to realize that his timing is perfect. The second thing is this, is that God's provision will be there. Did you catch in the story where he goes back and then all of a sudden God tells him to stop bringing the knife forward? He says, don't kill your son. That over in the thicket was caught a what? Now, do you think that that ram had um, just got caught in the thicket? Or do maybe just by chance that that ram was caught in the thicket and Abraham was so in tune to the, what he had to do with his son that he ignored it? <laughs> Chad, you're not helping me. 
but so caught up, so caught up in what was going on that maybe you missed what was there. And it wasn't until God pointed his vision to that ram that was caught in the thicket that he saw that what was going to happen, that no longer was his son, no longer was the promise that he had going to be sacrificed. But he sat there and he provided exactly what was there. And here's what I'm learning in God's, in God's economy. That he has us on this journey. He has us on this faith journey. And he asks us to take one step at a time. He doesn't ask us to take three steps and jump five steps. He asks us to take one step at a time. And the first step he asks us to take is this, is will you trust me and give your life to me? And we take a step of faith and give our life to him. The second step, he says, is will you publicly declare me uh, as your Lord and Savior? And we do that through baptism. And so we take another step of faith and we publicly go before our family and friends and say, I belong to Jesus, and we get baptized. By the way, a little side note, a little commercial, at our night of worship, we're going to have a baptism. We actually got permission to bring in a a little water trough. Don't get scared. You'll be all right. And we're going to baptize people. So if that's another step of faith that you need to take or you know somebody needs to take, by all means, reach out to me, fill out your card, and let me know. And so we'll reach out to you. But they st- take a step of faith, and you get baptized. Then you continue to take steps of following Jesus, and you take steps of walking with Jesus, and you take steps of reading his word. You take steps of praying. You take steps of, of trusting him. You take steps of getting involved in a group. You take steps of showing up to church. You take steps of truly walking with him day in and day out. And then you watch how God starts to provide and provide and provide. But you know what? The provision's down here, and you know what? Never I get to if I stay back here. I never see what he provided there if I stay here. I never see what he has there if I stay here. And so many times I pray over and over again for his provision, and my feet stay still, and his provision's there, and I got to walk in faith. Where are you at? See, God's a God of provision, a, a, a God, a Lord that will provide. That is who he is. That is what he's doing. But do we understand that in our covenant relationship with him, that requires us to take steps of faith? Steps of faith. I've shared this before. One of my biggest fears of planning Light Point Church, financial. It is. It is. It, I know that's hard to believe. It takes money to do church. Does. The other thing, it takes money to feed my family. I know it's hard to believe, but my kids like to eat, and that that you know. My biggest fears. My buddy Dan Neal's here, and we met right before I planted, didn't we? And I said one of my biggest fears was financial, wasn't it? Here's how God shows up. Just this year alone, we've been three months in. Three months in. And through God's people, we've had the most given in three months than we've, than, than we've ever seen before in a three-month period. You got to see, see, here's see, this is what we don't We sat there and we looked at a budget for this year, and some of you came to that meeting and we said, well, we got to keep it under here, and this is where we feel comfortable. And what I'm seeing God do is he's starting to bump people's hearts to give and to provide And he's showing up over and over and over again through giving. It's amazing. 
It's amazing what happens when we continue to walk out and we continue just to be obedient to what God's doing. Because when we start to see that I gotta walk out in faith and I gotta keep walking, I gotta keep taking steps, and I gotta keep doing this, and all of a sudden as I'm walking, God's provision's there. I'll never get it if I don't walk out. Abraham would never have got to the ram and never seen God show up to, to fulfill, actually to keep the promise if he had never taken his son up to the mountain and built the altar and then went to sacrifice. He would have missed it. I think some of the biggest things we miss out on is this simple thing of just trusting God and walking with him so that we can see the provision he has for us. Luke twelve thirty to 31 says this. For all these things, the nations of the world eagerly seek. And if you go read before that, it just talks about all the worldly things that we go after and we seek and all the other stuff. And you can go read it. Luke 12, and you can start in uh, 25 and just read on. For all these things, the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your Father knows that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Seek his kingdom. Seek him. Seek who he is. Go after him. Start loving him more than everything else. Put him first in everything. And watch how he'll show up. Because when I'm putting him first, I continue to follow him. I continue to, to put my trust in him. I continue to just walk in, in, in pursuit of him. And when I put him first and I seek his kingdom, I seek who he is, all of a sudden his provision's there every step of the way. The third thing that uh, the Lord will provide tells me about his character, Jehovah Jireh, is that God's provision will be enough that God's provision will be enough. Paul writes about this in Philippians. He says this in 4.19. But I received everything in full and have an abundance. And I am amply supplied having received from Epaphroditus that you have sent a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God, in 19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, what we miss out on a lot of times is that God's provision will always be enough. And when we trust him, that, that a lot of times his provision will be more than enough. I am in Exodus in my quiet times, and one of the things that I'm reading, it's amazing what happens. The, the, the Israelites were challenged to build a tabernacle. And they were challenged to build this tabernacle. And so Moses went to the people and he said, hey, here's what we're going to do. I need you guys to give, uh, I need you guys to give, and it was called a free will offering. And this wasn't a command, this wasn't like a tithe, this wasn't like first fruits, this was a free will offer. And he went to the Israelites and he said this, he goes, uh, we're going to build this tabernacle, God's told us to build this tabernacle, a place where we're going to have God in our presence and meet with God, and this is what it's going to look like. He goes to the other Israelites and he says, well, however God bumps you, or however God moves your heart, I want you, that's what I want you to give. And so the Israelites responded. God bumped hearts and God moved in and they just responded. And they started giving, they started taking earrings off and they started bringing fine linens and all this stuff. And they started going, so much so that before, before it was all said and done, Moses had to go to the people and say, stop giving. We have more than enough. 
See, when God moves our hearts and he stirs in our hearts and he bumps us and God's people respond, there's more than enough there. More than enough. And what happens when God starts stirring and we allow him to start moving in our hearts and God's provision will always be enough. And this is what Paul experienced in, a, in, with, in Philippians and he talks about it. And, and Paul was one that he learned to live with a lot and he learned to live with a little. And in this piece, he always went back to this piece that, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, three things about God's character that we can take away from the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh is that his timing is perfect. His provision will be there as we follow him and pursue him and seek him. The third thing is that his provision will always be enough and we will not be left in want. I think a lot of times we don't see his provision is because we stop halfway up the mountain and we never get to the place that he wants us to be. So how do we respond as those who are in a covenant relationship with him? For those of us that have given our lives to him, what do we do? Well, here's the first thing I think we, the way we need to respond is this, is we need to be obedient. If he says walk, we walk. If he says stop, we stop. If he says go here, we go here. If he says talk to this person, we talk to that person. If he says, hey, I want you to give this up, we give it up. We just need to live a life of obedience. Abraham was so obedient that he was willing to give the promise that he was guaranteed at an old age. He was willing to give back to God out of obedience. We need to get back to a place of being and responding in obedience. The second thing I think we need to do is we need to start being prepared for what God has. We need to start preparing. Do you know that as we read in the story, Abraham went prepared. He went with what? He went with wood. He went with fire. He went with the sacrifice that God had told him to go. He was prepared. And I think a lot of times we just need to be prepared and getting prepared for what God has. And so if that means that we're on our knees praying, if that means we're in our word reading, if that means that we're in, in fellowship and, and we're talking with other Christians and we're talking with other followers of Jesus, then that's what we do. We start preparing for what God has. And we start doing that over and over again. The third thing that we need to respond is in faith. In faith. And that's what, this is what faith looks like here. Faith is this. Is I may not know how it's going to work. I may not get how it's all going to work out. But I'm going to believe you're going to show up, God. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I'm going to walk out what you've told me to walk out because I trust you. That's faith. That's the simplest way I could put it. Is that we stop asking and we stop putting hurdles in front of, of God. I'm so proud. I always share bad stuff about my kids a lot of times, right? My, my beautiful daughter um, came home Thursday and said, Dad, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> now, let me be very clear on this. Um, businesses before meant selling mud pies and 
grass bracelets to poor neighbor kids <laughs> before. So, okay, what, what, help me, Noel, what, what are we doing? She goes, I'm going to start a dog walking business. So, okay. What are you going to do? How are you going to do this? Well, we've already, we've already talked to one neighbor, and she's going to let us walk her dog. I'm like, sweet, I'm glad you asked for permission afterwards. Then I, then I learned this, is that she's just like her daddy, because I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, you do something. Oh, my bad. Um, so what I noticed me doing is this. I noticed me sitting there trying to put roadblocks in front of her. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Just started, like, putting roadblocks in front of her just to kind of, not just to discourage her, but just putting road. And what I've learned is this, is that a lot of times I do that in my own faith walk. And all my daughter wanted to do was make money walking dogs. Friday she gets home from school, she goes down the street, she walks, she walks two dogs with a friend, and then she goes and gets another dog, and I see her walking a dog like this. I said, I don't think you're walking the dog right. And she goes, no, she wants me to carry her. And so I said, so, okay. Then she gets home and she takes out 10 bucks and lays it on the table and said, Dad, I made some money. Do you know how interesting it is that in our own faith journey, we put so many roadblocks in front of other people, in front of ourselves, that we never see God show up? We never see that piece of God's blessing, ever. But see, there's a piece when we have to just trust that the Lord will provide. We just have to believe it and say, you know what, I'm going to walk out even though I don't see where it's coming from. And I'm just going to wait for him to show up. Because his timing is perfect. And I can trust it. And so I'm going to do my part and just keep walking it out and watch what he does and watch how he shows up and stop thinking that it all relies on me. And every roadblock that comes, I'm just going to remove it. I'm just going to get it out of the way. I'm just going to continue to walk and allow his provision to come. Because I'm trusting that he will provide because he is Jehovah Jireh. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Do you know that there's a, there's a part in this that you have to do something? You have to seek. You have to ask. And you have to knock. Guess what? If you don't seek, you don't ask, and you don't knock, don't expect anything. There's a part you got to play in this. You ask, you seek, and you knock. And watch how God shows up. Here's what I love. You keep going on. Or what, and it goes on to this, says this. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Oh, what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who, in, who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? I started wrestling with this. Because I think a lot of times we ask for a lot of things, right? And we don't get them. Maybe the next time we buy a lottery ticket and say, God, you said if I ask, you'll give. 
that God knows that if we win the lottery, that's the very snake that'll take us out. Or maybe we ask for something to show up and we ask for something very specific that we think we need or that we think will change our life that God says that's the very stone that you don't want. And because I'm a good father, I'm gonna give you what you need. Even though you may have asked for something here, I know what you need and so I'm gonna provide that in a different way that maybe is not the way you want it because we have a good father who knows what we need. And we have a good father, Jehovah Jireh that shows up and provides in his timing and with enough. And it's right there as we continue to follow him. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're a good father who loves us and cares about us, Lord, and that your timing is perfect, that you know exactly what you need, that you show up at just the right moment, Lord, that what you give us is enough, that what you have provided for us is enough. And Lord, we pray, my prayers, Lord, is that we would trust and put our faith in you enough just to walk out what you've called us to. Just to walk out, Lord, and, and so that we can see your provision, so that we can see what you have to provide for us, Lord. But we would be a, a, a people, your child, that, that puts our trust in you and allows you to, to continue to give us exactly what we need as we follow you. God, we love you and we trust you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to trust you every day of our life, every step that we take. And I ask this in your son's precious name, Jesus. Amen. So a couple ways to respond. Maybe your first step of faith you need to take today is you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you just need to say, well, I surrender to him today. I'll be right up here in front and you can come up and talk to me. Or if you feel more comfortable in that card, all you need to do is on it, there's a piece on the back that says, I committed my life to Christ today. Do that, let me follow up with you. Maybe that's the first step of faith you need to take. This is, I don't understand it all, I don't get it all, but I know, I'm, I'm starting to sense that this, this God is real and that I can start to trust him and just mark that. Or come up and see me. Let me pray with you. The other one is maybe your next step of faith is a baptism. If that's your case and you need to be baptized, write it on a card and let us know. And we'll follow up this week for, for Friday. Or night of worship. Maybe for today your response is, our, is a communion. And we have our communion tables open. And you just need to respond with remembering what Jesus did for you. And giving his life for you. That he is more than enough to cover our sins. And so you can respond by taking communion. Another way you can respond is just through giving. He has given us so much and provided so much that one of the easiest ways we can do, easiest things we can do is respond by giving a portion of what he's given to us back to him because we can trust him with what we have. The last one is, is prayer. Like Joyce said earlier, maybe you just need prayer today. Come over and get prayed over by Joyce and Phil. You respond how God bumps and how God leads. Let's stand and sing and, and you respond how God moves.